almost hit one of those people's. Um, but you had to just sort of, you know, it was like being on the ice. Right. You just had to be very aware of who was around you. Eyes in the back of your head. You feel like your head's on a swivel. Um, morning, Mary Lynn. She says morning, Oh, gang. hi, Mary Lynn. Yes, and we'd love to hear from all of you. Um, coming up shortly, we will speak with a St. Louis Post-Dispatch reporter about the real estate doom loop that is happening, and she will explain all of that. It doesn't sound good. No. The doom loop does not sound good. No, it doesn't. Was that your watch? I have no idea. Sometimes my watch talks to me, and I don't know why. Do you all remember when your children, before <laughs> your children would go outside, and you would sort of like, you'd sit there at the front door, and you'd, ch- okay, you have your mittens, you have your this, you have your that. That's what Jennifer and I need. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we need somebody, because I asked I asked Connor if he had a phone charger, because I always have one with me until I don't. Right. And that is the day that I need the phone charger. Um, your watch just, did it just go off or did it just I say good morning? It, or? it made a noise. I don't know why. It sounded like some sort of alarm. For uh, what? I don't know. A noise of unknown origin. <laughs> right. Yeah. We have a lot of mysteries that we need help solving. Connor does what he can. God love him, but he's only one person. <laughs> Sometimes my watch asks me a question like, I didn't hear what you just said. And I'm like, well, I didn't Mind your want business. you to hear. <laughs> That's right. Uh, funny girl, the funny girls at the Fox. And so we will speak with Stephen Mark Lucas at 1035. Michelle Franzen joins us from ABC News for a wrap-up of New Hampshire. And in the 11 o'clock hour is all about you. He's Nikki Arnstein. Did you mm-hmm. love that movie? Or did you even see I don't movie? know if I saw it. Mark and I were talking about this last night. He's like, did you see this movie? And I'm like, well, I know I've seen clips of it with Barbara Streisand, but I don't know that I ever saw the movie. You owe it to yourself. Yes. I don't know if you would like I don't know if you would like it or not. I I, I your tastes are very interesting in term when it comes to movies. And you know, you don't like overacting. And uh, was it Mickey Rooney who was the overactor? Can you in give, my view, was, yes. And and that's I mean that every everybody has their own opinion of what they I mean every it's all relative and subjective. But um, was there a woman that you said? Well, you know I loved the bear, and one of my friends said, "How can you like the bear? They're all overacting." And I'm see, like, well, I, I don't, don't I don't they... see it that way. They were passionate and fiery and yelling, but I didn't think they were overacting. I just thought they were yellers. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that if you, I think, I do think there are people who grow up in quiet houses, mm-hmm. you know, where things are just peaceful. I think I married one of those people, truly. Mm-hmm. Now, he was surprised for some reason when I woke him out of a dead sleep this morning at five o'clock to ask him a question. In a rather hysterical tone <laughs> that would have waited, that would, that would have could waited, have waited, could have waited, could have waited, should have waited. It's like this poor man, <laughs> if there were, you know, if there were just warning signs that people could see. And I just started laughing. I said, I know that I am a lot. I know I'm a lot, and you're on the express elevator straight to heaven. There will be no passing go. You will, you'll just, you'll just blink, and you'll be in heaven. There will absolutely no doubt about it. But um, so I do think there's the quiet houses and the loud houses. And the bear, if you are not familiar with what goes on in a loud house, and I often wonder, it's like, 
is everybody in Chicago sort of like loud? Is everybody in South St. Louis? Is everybody in West County? I, I mean, I just, I just think it's I just think it's fascinating. Um, I watched Funny Girl and Funny Lady for the first time last month. Barbara is a movie star. Fun to put on your movie list to watch. That's our dear, dear, dear Ed Becker. Did I'd be curious to know if Ed Becker liked Funny Lady because I Funny Lady was good, but she was just it was just such a different. I guess five years had gone by because I saw Funny Lady at the at the actual like at the movie theater. Um, James Kahn was in it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, they're they're just fantastic. They're they're fantastic movies. Um, so Funny Girl and Funny Lady are two different movies. Yes, and, and this is true. Uh, from the six one eight, the first half of Funny Girl is entertaining. The second half is depressing, and it is. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is because you know it is a true story. It's the story of of Fanny Bryce who was the uh, the Ziegfeld girl to end all Ziegfeld girls. And Florence Ziegfeld had put together, if people thought, people thought I was dating myself when I was talking about toboggans, now I'm talking about something from the turn of the century. So just while you're glazed over having a little nap, just come right back to us. This is like turn almost turn of the century kind of stuff, 1915, um, maybe a little bit later. But uh, he had put out, together a review of these gorgeous women. And Fanny Bryce was just funny. And, and you know. She, okay, I don't think I have seen it. Yeah, I would like to see it. You have to see it because she won the she won the Academy Award for good reason. Mm-hmm. For good reason. Um, from the 773, the bear is an accurate depiction of a professional kitchen, high drama, high stress, a lot of yelling. And, yes, we have heard that. We've heard that from a lot of people. We've interviewed people who have worked in high-end kitchens, including Ann Corey from Kitchen Conservatory. And she has said it gave her... Post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> and Ann Corey was not the only one who said that. Many chefs and cooks who had worked in these kitchens had have told us we, we tried watching it. Uh-uh. Took us way back. We didn't like it. But so if you are, if you are, like, if you're from a loud family or a quiet family and you marry into the a opposite. loud family, how hard is that, 84126? This has nothing to do with Funny Girl. Um, I guess... <laughs> I guess um, if you have if you have if if a common area is decor, right? I yes, mean, if absolutely. That, that's sort of like the great neutralizer. I, I think you could take a person from a loud family and put them in a quiet family as long as they had sort of similar tastes when it comes to home decor. <laughs> I mean, sometimes uh, you see some things that are are really funny, um, and that's why. And and I've done some really really funny things. Jennifer's talked about. Her tile that she ordered uh, for a, a large space. It's because we're not decorators. Ellen and Barbara at the Curtain Exchange, they are decorators. They understand all of the the lingo. They understand. They have the verbiage. If you don't, if you don't understand what you're doing, and especially, heaven forbid, you're trying to do it online in 2024, um, you're going to waste a lot of money. And that is why it is so important to start with Ellen and Barbara at the Curtain Exchange. And you're saying, but I don't need curtains. And I understand. Don't let the name fool you. Uh, Yes, they have a stunning selection of ready-made and made-to-order window treatments. But they also have everything else you're looking for to pull your home together. They have furniture, rugs, accessories, uh, bedding. They will put it all together for you. Um, They have never been asked. I mean, they've. they've, I, I think they've been asked every question under the sun. 
and you feel comfortable with them. And what really makes you comfortable is the fact that the clock isn't ticking. Have you ever worked with a designer who has an hourly fee? Um, they don't do that at the Curtain Exchange because they think you get a better result when you're not rushing through the description of what you're looking for. The phone number is 314-863-1112. They are located at 8119 Maryland Avenue in the heart of Clayton in that great retail district. Parking and just a beautiful, beautiful place to spend the afternoon. 314-863-1112. And please be sure to tell them that Jennifer and Wendy sent you. It's 1020 at the Big 550 KTRS St. Louis, the Jennifer and Wendy Show. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Many people were shocked or I think concerned when they saw a headline in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch written by reporter Steph Kukuljohn, and she covers real estate and development. Is the St. Louis office market in a doom loop? Some alarm bells are ringing. So we called Steph and asked her to join us this morning. She was kind enough to make some room in her schedule. We appreciate it. Hi, Steph. Welcome to the Big 550. Me. Welcome. Um, What is the definition of a doom loop? And I'm sure your phone's probably been ringing off the hook for the last couple of days. Yeah, so this kind of started when we saw problems happening in New York City with all their office space. But essentially what it is is a domino effect where, um, you know, when companies pull out of their office space, they don't need it. You know, they're doing hybrid, they're doing remote work. Then vacancy in those office buildings grow. Then the owners of those buildings then have trouble paying their mortgage if they don't have those companies paying rent. And then the banks take over, and then there's uh, a domino effect when, when now there's people not in those buildings, people aren't shopping, going to those restaurants for lunch or whatever, and then it kind of takes a toll on city revenues. So that's essentially what a Joom loop is. Steph, is it worse in our region downtown than other parts of the city or county? Yeah, certainly downtown office market uh, has been struggling for decades. That's that's kind of been the, the, the status quo for a while. Um, compared to other regions, it is probably among the worst performing, but it's also been something that's we're used to for, for, for years. So that's not something that the pandemic caused. Um, but certainly downtown um, is not in good shape compared to elsewhere in the region. Was the market, was it saturated in terms of, of commercial real estate? Um, so before the pandemic, actually, there's a lot of momentum for more office development and more growth. Um, there's a lot of optimism among developers and among real estate brokers. Things were really, were really exciting, especially as a reporter who gets to cover these new developments. And then the pandemic happened. Everything kind of halted since then, and we've kind of lost that momentum. And now it's more of a, of kind of figuring out what's kind of what's happening next, and you know what do companies need, and what we do with these office buildings. And Steph, what is happening next? Are there companies trying to find creative ways to reuse vacant office space? Yeah, so what we're seeing now are companies that are downsizing, so they don't need as much space as they as they used to need. Um, but, you know, now they're looking for some kind of cool spaces or spaces that have really great amenities to get their employees back in the office. So you have some landlords um, that are actually taking some, some office buildings that maybe are obsolete, can't really compete. They're turning those into apartments. We saw that once in, in uh, South County. Um, other times, they're kind of creating these sort of golf simulators, um, these garden areas, really kind of changing what the office space really looks like compared to even 10 years ago. 
Are there places, because you point out, and um, obviously the, the, the Clayton School District, uh, that story is, is a separate issue in and of itself, but Clayton does seem to be in fairly good shape. Is, is that the only um, area in the region that is in better shape than others, or are there others that are doing okay, Steph? So Clayton is what what insiders would call like the premier office market, uh, meaning that it has among the newest office buildings, tenants, companies really want to move in there with the spaces. So they offer the lease rates there are highest. They usually have the better amenities. It's really kind of a special story in Clayton. Um, so Clayton is certainly certainly performing uh, just fine after the pandemic. Um, other areas in our region. Um, I would say are not on Clayton's level, but they're still some of them are still kind of hanging on. We see somewhere along West County, some places they're doing fine. But what we're seeing are some pockets just are struggling a little bit and just kind of there's a question mark over their future of, of how well they'll be able to compete. But certainly Clayton, it's hard to be Clayton. And I don't I don't think any other submarket could really be Clayton at this point. Is the problem with downtown parking? Because I do remember when I worked downtown, mm-hmm. that was a huge problem. I know Channel 4 moved out. When Channel 2 moved from kind of Midtown out to West County, there were so many people who were excited because they continued to have a big parking lot and easy parking. Not so for instance, with Channel 5 downtown? Yeah, I think parking is probably part of the issue. The other thing that I've been hearing, too, is is crime, or at least the perception of crime, where if people don't feel safe, they don't feel comfortable going to the office. Um, I mean, that's, that's an entirely different issue. But, um, you know, then there's also in downtown of um, office buildings. We have a lot of old office buildings, but they're also in historic buildings. So it really takes a company that likes that sort of appeal versus a brand new building that we are seeing in Clayton. Um, but certainly downtown is issues maybe with parking, also perception of crime and just sort of kind of the general, um, I don't want to say neglect that we've had of downtown, but downtown has kind of been an afterthought for many people over the past couple decades. Steph Kukuljohn is our guest. She is the real estate and development reporter for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and she's written a really comprehensive article. If uh, many of you, I, I mean, you hear it in just in cocktail party conversations about all of the for lease signs. Uh, the article was published on January 22nd, and it is online at stltoday.com. But, Steph, you spoke to a representative from the Brookings Institution, and they mentioned that St. Louis is like a lot of other cities cities in in that we are experiencing a flight to quality what does that mean does that have to do with the 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 golf simulators and that kind of thing that you were talking about earlier yeah exactly so companies uh for the most part a lot of companies want office space but you know maybe they don't need as much as they used to so they're willing to take a smaller space but the space that they want to move into has to be modern, has to have a lot of amenities, like a golf simulator or like a coffee bar. Um, you know, a lot of them like the modern look with the glass towers and with the natural light. Um, so you're seeing companies, um, for example, Energizer was in a was in a building in town and country. Um, that's in the suburban area. You know, haven't haven't looked at that building, so I can't say exactly the amenities there. But now they're moving to a new building in Clayton, which was just built within the past year or so. Um, so these companies are, are willing to pay more for an office space. They they want something better in return. So they want something brand new, better technology, maybe better views. It really kind of depends. But, yes, certainly golf simulators are part of some of the amenities that companies are looking for for their employees. 
Who knew? <laughs> yeah, who, who knew indeed. Well, when it comes to the convention business and, you know, obviously um, that that kind of business, we have always been competing with the same old, same old uh, Chicago, Nashville, Indianapolis and the like. Um, is everybody sort of getting close to this doom loop or I mean, are are other cities close to us that we compete with regularly? Are they in better shape or worse shape than we are? Um, so it, it kind of depends what we are like, uh, what cities were like before the pandemic. So uh, when you talk to an office real estate broker, for example, they'll compare St. Louis to like Kansas City, Indianapolis, um, those type of cities. Um, we, depending on which metric you're looking at, we're either doing better, the same, or worse. It's kind of hard to hard to really say, but certainly this issue of uh, a doom loop kind of looming uh, in the foreground is something that all all major cities across the country are dealing with. Some are doing some are dealing with it far worse, like New York City. We've got the LA's or the San Francisco's. Those are their kind of own own little islands in terms of those problems. But cities like St. Louis, Kansas City, those types. It's kind of like a wait and see to see what what happens, what impacts we're going to see from from the office market and from the pandemic's impact. Steph, during our radio show, we have a text line, and one of our listeners just texted in and said, "You know, if they put in daycare, they would get a lot more moms working oh, for them." Brother, which which is, is a true? good point. It, was that an yeah. amenity mm-hmm. anywhere you looked? You know, that has not come up, um, but I think that's a great amenity, and actually would probably address another issue of, you know, getting of getting um, people back in the workforce. Um, daycare is not part of it, but I think that's a that's a great amenity, actually. Well, I hope we get to check in with you again. Steph Kukuljohn from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Great article. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. Thank you. Thank you, Steph. Uh, you know where they have plenty of parking uh, is at Baldwin Dental Care. And um, obviously, if you have not seen a dentist for a while, uh, that is one terrific reason to go because if I'm already anxious and Jennifer and I have not been anxious since we found Baldwin Dental Care, uh, the last thing that you want to do if you're sort of dreading an appointment is drive around a parking garage looking for a parking space. That doesn't happen at Baldwin Dental Care. When you see the welcome to Baldwin sign, you just turn in, you're in the parking lot and you're about five seconds from the door. That's how convenient it is. They are located in the old Johnny Mac Sporting Goods store on Manchester Road. Uh, You just drive west, and it is so convenient from anywhere. You don't want to. You don't want to have a dentist just you know based on proximity. You don't want to go to a dentist just because he or she is maybe half a mile away. Uh, You're going to have a very long relationship with this dentist, and you want to make sure that you are just getting premium premium care. They've been serving the community for almost 50 years, brightening smiles and making those smiles healthier. They have Saturday and evening hours to make things even easier for you. If you give them a call at 636-227-2552, please be sure to tell them that the girls sent you. We've been talking about Funny Girl, and also some of you have texted in about Funny Lady, and Wendy has seen both. And we are thrilled to have in studio with us Stephen Mark Lucas, who is appearing at the fabulous Fox Theater in Funny Girl. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Oh, so happy to have you. We were just chatting before we went on the air with um, Stephen, who said that some audiences, although appreciative, are very quiet. 
What is that like for you, the actor? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, being on tour, doing this show in cities all over North America. Um, there are there are you know regionalisms and different audiences sort of connect to the show in different ways and and express themselves in different ways. Um, but last night at the Fox was was really a, a, a wonderful warm reception from St. Louis audiences. So we're very grateful. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Maine, actually. Oh, yeah. so we would see theater in Boston and. Uh, go to New York once a year to see Broadway shows, um, and I've lived in New York for the last 15 or so years. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the decision to, to, to do this, to live this life. And we always want uh, parents to be encouraged and to encourage their children, because Jennifer and I grew up in a world, if you told your parents you were going to be an actor, you know, you had to revive them because it was like, <laughs> okay, wait, what? <laughs> so how did your family deal with that announcement uh i don't know that i had to revive them but i think i had some you know i had some work to do sure on them i mean they always said you know my parents were very supportive and they actually brought me to performing arts from a very young age i was a very shy child um and they're like well let's try this you know put him in this improv class or whatever and we'll see if that sort of gets him out of himself um, and, and then, did it? Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm still well, working clearly, on it. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, then there came a point, I think it was when I was in high school, where I, I kind of went to them. I said, you know, I think I can do this, you know, for a career. I think I can get paid for this. And they, you know, took a deep breath and, um, you know, to their credit, were, were very supportive. And I, you know, helped me um, research, uh, you know, performing arts programs for college and audition and took me to New York to audition for NYU, which is where I ended up going. Um, I, I think they probably gritted their teeth a little bit and, you know, probably breathed a sigh of relief when I, you know, got my first uh, job. Um, and they still, you know, they're still very supportive and they understand now, I think, that, you know, everything that goes into it and the life that you have as a performer. And, you know, you, you re- it requires a lot of support. So they've been they've been wonderful. And Stephen, what was that first job? Uh, I, you know, I did a lot of regional theater um, right out of out of college, and and the Book of Mormon on Broadway was my first sort of big wow. thing. Wow, yeah, getting out. Wendy of Wendy loves. Yeah. <laughs> if I, I'm wondering if we saw you in the Book of Mormon because I thought I was actually going to die from laughter. Uh. I, I, I genuinely did. Like I could not breathe. My husband was doubled over. My daughter was on the floor. I mean, I thought, we're going to have an emergency here. Yeah. And, of course, everybody in the theater was, too. What a great start for it you. Was, it was great. It was great. And it spoils you to some extent because every, you know, that's probably the funniest show out there. Um, although I'd say Funny Girl is probably a close second. Oh, totally. Um, but, um, but um, yeah, no, it, it was such a, you know, I was in it uh, uh, sort of right at the beginning of uh, the peak of its success um, so it was really a, a thrilling thing to be a part of and just to see the way people responded to it. In what way is it like a team sport? Because there are a whole lot oh of you gosh. on stage and it's live and I'm sure things go wrong that we in the audience never know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I had a friend who um, is, uh, I call them muggles, <laughs> who is not a, is not an artist, not a performer. And he went backstage at the Broadway show. He said, there are people there just to do the wigs. And I said, yes, you don't, you don't realize if you're, if you, if you're not, you know, sort of uh uh, a theater person that you, you know you have people who who make their whole career doing costumes or wigs or sound or lighting um the backstage crew um people who do press and press and marketing and publicity you know it really it really takes everybody um to put on a show at this scale um so you you know it you 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 can't do it without all of those people and we hope as the audience i know that you you feel 
the appreciation because what you're doing is transporting people out of their problems. You're transporting people to another, you know, another world, another life, another time. It's such an important thing that you're doing. And I know that people in the audience hope that all of the performers uh, understand how much we appreciate that because it's just a great little reciprocal thing, isn't it? Yes. And I think, you know, that was my experience, you know, seeing my first Broadway show when I was, I think I was probably, I don't know, five or six years old. And just, you know, I, I really think that um, there is nothing like Broadway musicals really to take you out of yourself. And it, it's just sort of this immediate um, visceral connection to the music and, and the stories that we tell. Um, and there's a reason why, you know, something like Funny Girl has been around for, you know, six going on 60 years um, and has been a classic. And there's a reason why everybody knows the songs and sings them and loves them. And, um, you know, it's a very enduring art form, I think. It's, now, it's, I'm sorry, go ahead. Please, I was just going to see if you ask you if you've seen the movie. You know, I, I refrained from watching the movie when I was working on the show um, on Broadway. I did watch it when I got my first callback for, for the character of Nick, um, just because I, I hadn't ever seen it. I had seen little clips of it, and mm-hmm. um, I hadn't watched it in its entirety. And it really is it's a mesmerizing film. And Barbara Streisand and Omar Sharif are just so iconic in those characters that when I got the role, I kind of, you know, I debated, should I go back and watch it? And I thought, you know, there, you can't do an impression of something like that eight times mm-hmm. a week. I mean, if you want to be successful. Um, and so I sort of, sort of, you know, decided not to go back and rewatch the movie, but I, I did watch it initially. And um, yeah, it's a masterpiece. I can already tell that you are, that you've got Nick in the back. <laughs> no, seriously, because he is this, he's this very handsome, successful you know, on top of the world, but what he does convey is his vulnerability Mm. and that you've got to have both, you know, you've got to be on top and then you've also got to show that, that human side. And, um, I just already know that you've, you've, you've got him. Well, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I, I think it's a constantly, you know, there, there is that duality to him. There is definitely a side of him that is sort of, you know, um, polished and poised and put together. And that's where we first meet him. Um, and then he really sort of unravels as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what I've really tried to connect with is is the humor, um, which I think is really fun. Um, and then also, you know, connecting with his his um, his vulnerability in the second act. And and you know, he makes some bad decisions in the show. But you know, we all know people who who we've all made bad decisions, sure. and we've all know people yeah. who have ended up. Um, doing things that they're not proud of, and and my question as an actor is really, you know, what 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 drives somebody to that level of desperation where they're willing to to you know do what we, I, I won't give too much away about the plot, but <laughs> uh, but when, you know when people make mistakes out of fear or out of insecurity, um, and you know letting that kind of drive him in the second act um, is really you know it's it's an emotional journey for sure in this. It in this has role. to be. Stephen Mark Lucas is playing Nick Arnstein in Funny Girl, which you can see at the Fabulous Fox. Now, in your career, have you done TV work, film work as well? I've done a little bit of TV and film, um, mostly mostly theater, mostly mostly Broadway. How do you compare the two? Because I always hear that in TV and film, there's a lot of hurry up and wait, which there I don't is, know if you have in the theater. There is. Well, it's sometimes, but, you know, the, I'd say the biggest difference is, you know, um, you know, theater, you are very vulnerable you know you are you are at the mercy of of the weather and the audience and the you know the humidity on a certain day if you have to sing and you know it's just there are just so many variables 
that can affect you. That that's true in film and TV too. Um, but you know, the, the the they both have rigorous aspects to them. You know, the the length of a day on a shoot is is really you know can be really trying and hard. Mm-hmm. The relentlessness of an eight show a week schedule on Broadway is also really hard. You know, so I think they're hard, and it's sort of like choose your heart. You know, um, but I, you know, they both I, I I find them both rewarding in in very different ways. Well, you know, it is January, but if you have any free time, you might want to drive through Forest Park and see the Muni because you may want to perform there. Yeah, I would love to perform there. I've had uh, uh, you know all my friends in New York have have they all talk about it. They all talk about it, and they talk about what a you know, it's like adult theater camp. You know, they, they love it and they have such a great time there. So I would that's definitely on my bucket list. Well, I know our viewers will love seeing you. Stephen Mark Lucas plays Nick Arnstein, Funny Girl at the Fabulous Fox. All you have to do is Google the Fabulous Fox and uh, you'll, you can buy your tickets there. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having so me. So excited to have you. Enjoy your stay here. And just a reminder that every Saturday at 3 here on the Big 550 and every other Sunday at 7, you can listen to a radio show called Keep What's Yours. It is hosted by Jeff Zufall of Capital Advisory Group and Josh Gilbert from the Heidi Glau Show. And what they talk about is money. We're coming up on tax filing season. Especially if you're a small business owner, Jeff Zufall can help you. Several years ago, he had some small business owners who came to him sheepishly and said, I overpaid my taxes. So Jeff wrote a book, Keep What's Yours. That's the name of his radio show. It's all about keeping more of your hard-earned dollars in your pocket because the tax codes change every year, and it's hard to keep up with those changes if you're just a mere mortal and not a tax person. Jeff Zufall and the folks at Capital Advisory Group can help you with that. Call 636-394-5524. You can go online, capitaladvisorygrp.com. If you are interested in becoming a client or a great way to get to know Jeff and what he's all about is to listen to the program, Keep What's Yours, co-hosted with Josh Gilbert. And that's every Saturday at 3, every other Sunday at 7, right here on The Big 550. Wendy was just saying that Stephen Mark Lucas, who is appearing as Nick Arnstein in Funny Girl, the Fabulous Fox, has a quality that Omar Sharif had. In he the movie. does. He absolutely does. And um, I, you just get a, I, I just you get such a good vibe from this this young performer. Um, the thing that made Omar Sharif such a perfect fit was, as as I kind of alluded to, was the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. He's got everything. He's refined. He's worldly. He's well-traveled. He's rich. He, you know, runs in the, the, the biggest or highest or whatever circles. But um, that you have to have that vulnerability. And I think that would that would be tough. That's not a given. Every mm-hmm. actor can't pull that off. And I was talking about, we were talking about the fact that Omar Sharif in real life played bridge and was good at it. Yes. And Connor, you said you've played bridge? I have. How difficult is it? It's not that hard. I'm asking the man who also plays chess. Once you learn the rules, I don't think it's... It's a lot like spades or hearts. Are you a docent at the chess museum? No. Well, what do you mean by docent? I thought somebody... What does that that word mean? I thought you just played chess there. Yeah, I go there, I guess. Sometimes competitively? I'm a a customer, I suppose. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I I just... I, I think it's wonderful. I think it's really neat. I don't know the difference. My mom used to teach contract bridge out of the home. Yeah. I, I don't, I've never played bridge because I always swore 
Mm. I would never play bridge or dye my hair That's when I was a teenager when my mother was thing. making me mad. That's another Wait, mole- your mother taught? My mother my mother and grandmother played contract bridge or contact or what, what I was I don't it? know contract? the difference. I thought it was contract. My Does father, anybody at home know a My father was also, I mean, back in the 60s and the 50s, bridge was... I mean that that was that was Netflix. Okay, who's the dummy? I think contract bridge is just bridge. That's what Google says when you oh, type okay. it in. It just says or just, bridge. And when you're the dummy, what are you doing? Is that I like a DL? Is that like a des or a, <laughs> not being on the DL or is it <laughs> DH? Know. Yeah, let us know eight four one two six because it is. It's is I it a numbers if, game? I don't know if I don't know if it is. Something that children have passed down anymore um, to them, the way our mothers did. Did you ever play it? I never. Oh, no. I didn't either. No, 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 no. Um, I played chess as a kid, but I never, ever played bridge. Because my mother and my grandmother, <laughs> wow. I mean, they would. And the what was so funny was, you know, remember how dressed up they would get oh, for these yes. bridge parties? Oh, yes, In I the do. afternoon. It's like, what's going on? You know, when, when we get together and play Bunko, everybody's wearing sweatpants, you know, but they were wearing like dresses and Is that why they call that candy bridge mix? I think so. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. But yeah, if if you are teaching or if you, maybe people just don't, maybe people don't um, play bridge like they used to. Uh, I think that was, all of this was before the phone. You know, people were actually looking for activities to pass the time. And now it feels like our entire lives are centered around, you know, these little devices that we have. Um, Well, and and that was before, you know, that was when daytime TV was just awful. Right. But they still watched it. My Mm -hmm. my grandmother still talked about uh, her stories. Her stories. Yes, my stories. Um, <laughs> did you see what this? This is great. Did you see that from the 314? My head hurts listening to the bridge conversation <laughs> yeah. Yeah. because it's so difficult to play. I'm, I don't get it. I think I think a lot of people do find bridge to, to be successful at bridge is not something that comes easily to everybody. Hmm. Um, For Connor, it was easy, but, well, but he's Connor's, a smart guy. I don't Connor's, think it was easy. I, I oh. I, no, it's very complicated. There's a lot going on. Oh, okay. From the 314, my mom taught me how to play bridge. She would say I was best at being the dummy. Okay, That's so what my father the, always said. I, I'm the dummy. I'm really well, good at that. Help us with that. What's the dummy? Is it the is it I like think an the alternate? dummy plays with their hand down and gets told what to do, I think, for the round. If I'm, remember, if I'm remembering I correctly. Tell, I can't tell if he's being serious no, or if I I'm a dummy. From, and, from, from, if I remember correctly, I think that's more or less what the dummy does. So everybody gets a turn or a chance at playing the dummy? I think it depends. I think it depends. Interesting. That is interesting. I started playing after I retired. It keeps the brain working. Um, speaking of retired, I spoke with, I was I was talking to our Aunt Robbie, my husband's Aunt Robbie, um, and she is retired and living in a community in Springfield, beautiful community, Springfield, Missouri. And she was, she was, she was, feeling her oats this morning. And she said, you know what? She said, there are people that hear that, because I said, how are you adjusting? And she said, okay. She said, but there are still people who aren't grateful. 
She said people last night, she said they went out of their way to have this nice candlelight dinner for all of us, and the people were complaining about the clam chowder, or they were complaining about, you know, the number of croutons in their salad. She said, I just don't understand how people can wake up without feeling grateful. Well, you know, I once heard from a gerontologist that we become more like ourselves as we age. Mm-hmm. So I guess whatever, and we all have all different character, yeah, characters and different temperament personalities, but I wonder and have wondered if that's just people who are complainers anyway would become just more, more like themselves right. as they get older and people who are sweet. My dad was always a very sweet guy. And even when he got Alzheimer's and he was older, you know, he went through some of that agitation period, but he was just very, very sweet. Mm. Even to people who would come visit him and he had no idea who they were, but he was really sweet and gracious. Uh, from the 618 Back Alley Bridge, what rules? <laughs> LOL, that's from listener Dave. Uh, from the Also from the 618, my parents played bridge and really were big into gin rummy. Uh, that was in the 50s and 60s. Because, yes, Connor and anybody under a certain age, we did not have Netflix. We did not no, have True Detective. No. You know, you had the, you did have the the three channels, I think. Mm-hmm. And then you would have the the programs that everybody watched, you know, the shows that everybody watched and they would talk about around the water cooler the next day. But that's one of the ways that people pass their time. Remember must-see TV on Thursday yes. nights? Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, that was great for certain local news people who were on the same channel as whatever great TV show was on the night before. Yeah. Scrabble. Do you like Scrabble? I love, well, that's what Words with, friend, with Friends oh. is, essentially. So um, <clears throat> I I think it is. I've, I don't know if I ever actually played Scrabble, the board game. Do you do cross, before Words with Friends? Crossword yes, I love puzzles. crosswords. Mm-hmm. Love crosswords. Mom tried to teach me Sudoku or Sudoku or Sudoku. I can't even, I don't even know how to say it. Is that it. about numbers? I think so. And it's way over my head. How about yeah, you? Yeah, some games are numbers. So you, oh, you've never done a... I've never you've done never a, done one? Sudoku? We did one, them, we did them in school, I remember. Mm. It was like a little, I guess in math class, it was... A treat, I guess. Yeah, but I wasn't, it was really just more math. I wasn't uh, in that math class. I, I was not. Yeah, I, I wasn't wrote poetry in on my math test from the three one four. I think you're right. Bridge Club is serious business. My mom was in a couple at the same time for years. They would alternate yes. homes and hosts. You have to put out a spread: booze, sangria, coffee, fancy snacks, whatever. It's serious business, and I bet that's where Bridge Mix. I'm sure it comes is. From. I'm sure it is because they would have the little candy dishes. Right. Then they'd get up and they'd have their iced tea. I mean, my mom always had booze at hers. Yeah, I remember see, that. Oh Lord! Because not, all afternoon they'd be playing bridge, and then it's like, well, I could say we're not going to get dinner tonight. <laughs> it's bridge mix again for the kids. Bridge mix again for the kids. Um, and dominoes. People play dominoes. No, and, I've played that. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Fun. That is fun. That is fun. Um, somebody, it looks like, is trying to teach us about bridge. You want to start there on the 314? Each I of think the f- it would be a long discussion. <laughs> okay. And I don't know how much time we have. <laughs> okay. It's too hard. You're driving the boat. But I'll tell you, we will study this. Oh. Will we learn from your text? And keep in mind, no this is guarantee. one woman who doesn't know what's happening on her watch <laughs> and another woman who left her phone in the car. So we should really light it up when it comes to bridge. Rest assured, though, we've got great news for you here on the Big 550 coming up on Top of the Hour News with Jim Fairchild and more from ABC. This is the Big 550. 
550 KTRS, St. Louis. Welcome to the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy Show. It's Wednesday, January 24th, and we're so happy to have you along. 84126, the Royal Banks of Missouri uh, text line. Connor was explaining how to play bridge. And then he was explaining Sudoku or Sudoku S- or Sudoku. And I Sudoku. was wondering if he was in Menza. He is. Which I've since Googled, and I'm, I'm certainly not. Well, you are no. bananas. No, 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 no. Men's is the top 2% of the general population when it comes to IQ. Apparently 100 on their website, they say, is a normal IQ, and 140 or above. As Hygiena Davis is a member of Mensa. Mensa. Um, there were some other actors who I just was not familiar with. She is the one I'm familiar with. You know Nolan Gould? You know him yes, as a younger family. brother on Modern Family. Yes. So they say he is a bona fide genius. Wow. And he was not on the on the show. He was the one that they were right. most concerned about. He <laughs> yes. was so it's an international society for people with an IQ in the top two percent of the population. The funny thing is, you know, a hundred they say is a normal IQ, and my late Uncle Lou, who was Asperger's, had an IQ of 100. And he had some, what they used to call, idiot savant. I think now they just say savant qualities. Well, even your even what you've shared about your brother, it sounds like he well, might have had... My brother had a 150 IQ. He went to law school right. while he had schizophrenia schizoaffective disorder so he Isn't went to law school while while he was having auditory hallucinations and you know the medicine would help take care of the hallucinations but then he's like i'm i feel like i'm hung over every day of my life sharon stone is also a member of mensa I thank you for that, that. Yes, yes that's true and i did see the installment i i'm going back over um the cbs sunday morning um uh, file and I, I was introduced to Jelly Roll. I had never heard of Jelly Roll, this country music phenom who um, came out of prison. Uh, you I know, might have missed this one. What would it, it, you would you would definitely? I think he was he was he was a drug dealer, and he would make mixtapes with his. He would do some rap. Uh, he would do rap songs and give them out with the drugs. Like he would, you know, he'd give you a couple of joints and then a mixed tape. And then, you know, he just had this experience, this epiphany where he realized that, you know, your life is, you are spiraling out of control and you are, you're not going to be anything that you dreamed of being. And so he, he made it out and I think he's nominated for two Grammys. And Jelly Roll. Oh, I'm going to have to go look that yeah, up. His name is, have you heard of him? I have uh, heard of him. Okay. You, know, uh, you know, Heidi plays a lot of country or, you know, right. talks about a lot of country. So right. I've, I've heard of him. Uh, he's got some good music. And mm. he's got a great message. You know, it's all about um, it's all about believing, you know, having faith and uh, the difference that that made in his life. And he said, you know, he said that his mother gave him the name Jelly Roll, gave him the nickname Jelly Roll. And he said. He said, you know, I've in closing, he said, I've called my mother from, you know, the ditch. I've called my mother from jail, you know, telling her that I had, uh, you know, messed up again. And but I've never called my mother to tell her that I had just been nominated for two Grammys. I mean, it's just the sweetest thing. 
Play the jelly roll. The only time I pray is when I need a favor. And that is a that is a fabulous song. They played a little bit of that. Like you can't you can't just call on God when you need a favor. Oh, is essentially I, I'm so curious. I know CBS Sunday Morning did a piece on Sharon Stone who is now doing art. Art. And her paintings are selling for tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. and they were asking her, do you, do they come to buy it just because it's you or because they like the art? And she said, I don't care. I don't know. I don't care if they buy it because it matches their They're couch. So and she was saying, I can't not do it. Right. I'm an artist. Right. And that was really, that was really intriguing. She had the aneurysm. Mm-hmm. So you wonder if, I guess if I'd been interviewing her, I might have asked her if she thought that after the stroke or the aneurysm... Was did she get a sense that that part of her brain? But she but she did say that she had painted in college, yes, and sold them for like five or ten dollars. Mm-hmm. So this is clearly something that she's always been able to do. I'll tell you though, my early sixties when I took art classes, everybody in the class learned how to paint, and everybody, without exception, said, "Well, I can't do this." You know, we're all acting like we're going to be graded on it, and. The teacher said, no, you don't understand. I'm going to teach you some things. Everyone has the capacity, but you've probably not tapped into it. Now, does everyone have the capacity to do paintings and sell them for tens of thousands? No, but I I did think that was very, very interesting. Listen to this from the 314. Jelly Roll testified in front of Congress. He said, I think it was about drug users and the need for help with the opioid crisis. He told them that he was a dealer and that he was an addict, so he knew what he was talking about. Wow. Um, and then another texter says, the version of Jelly Roll, I guess the prayer with Winona singing, I need a favor, uh, from an award show a few weeks ago is amazing. So we'll ask okay. Connor to pull that up. Yes, 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 we certainly we will. You know, if you are looking for a senior living community, McKnight Place Assisted Living has really become known for its high-quality amenities, personalized services, and expert care, and it's locally owned. With decades of experience in that top-quality senior living, McKnight Place Assisted Living knows exactly how to help its residents live fulfilling lives. Uh, The professional staff gets to know all of the residents and their families, so please call McKnight Place Assisted Living. We all know folks, uh, family members, friends who have who have had people at McKnight Place, and each one to a person will tell you that the the people, the staff at McKnight Place, Senior Assisted Living and Memory Care, it's family, that it definitely becomes family. They that become is family. so true. We have toured the place. I had lunch there, as a matter of fact. The, the food is fantastic, and if you move in there, they have daily happy hour at 4 o'clock with appetizers, drinks, and live entertainment four times a week. Of course, they have weekly linen service, daily housekeeping, personal laundry services, assistance with dressing and showering as needed, and medication management and administration. And the deal is, unlike many senior living communities, McKnight Place Assisted Living and Memory Care has all-inclusive rates. Simple, predictable, worry-free, and no buy-in fees. At McKnight Place, they think that you are still living the good life and you should enjoy every second of it. So please, uh, they invite you to explore McKnight Place Assisted Living and Memory Care. Just call Leslie, Kelly, or Gretchen today to schedule a tour at 314 993 
888-333-3333. If you tell them that Jennifer and Wendy sent you, you will receive a special offer. On this day in 1967, Aretha Franklin recorded her first top 10 pop hit. Even though she'd been recording for six years, it was um, at the Fame Studios in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Her husband got into an altercation with one of the musicians there, and this was actually the only song she ever recorded at Muscle Shoals. So they pulled off the session, um, but the story goes, her Aretha's husband, manager, got into it with Ken Laxton, the trumpet player. Uh, they didn't like how the trumpet player was talking to Aretha, but... So they left, they completed the song in New York, and the sound was just a perfect fit for Aretha. They tried to get her back to Muscle Shoals, she would not go, mm. so they brought the mu- the musicians up to her, and they continued to record. Aretha shot to fame, and other musicians wanted that sound, so they commissioned these Muscle Shoals musicians, and we are talking about Bob Seger, Paul Simon, Rod Stewart, the Rolling Stones, they all recorded there, and when the time came, they were shocked to find out that these were a group of white guys in Muscle Shoals. Here's her first top ten hit, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You. about an hour of it and then liked it because I learned a lot about her that I didn't know. I love Jennifer Hudson. I love Jennifer Hudson, but I don't I don't know how you would make a movie about Aretha Franklin because and there apparently is apparently Aretha no approved. One. I'm sure she did. I'm that. sure she did. Because can you imagine how intimidating oh it would be even if you were Jennifer Hudson? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just like there there's just you just don't <laughs> You just wouldn't even want to go there. Okay, our quote of the day. I love this. Failure is a growth opportunity. Learn to love your struggles. I adore that quote. And I was talking about this. One of our texters bought this book for his mother, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Mm -hmm. Hoot, Mm -hmm. even though the word on the book begins with an F. I think the author's name was Mark Manson. But it's all about the power of failing, failing and the power of admitting you're wrong. And leaning and how into it. Th- leaning into leaning it, into and it. that is what transforms us. And that's what, essentially, oddly enough, I think that's kind of, that was Sharon Stone's. Oh, I'm sorry, that was Jodie Foster. I also watched the interview with Jodie <gasps> Foster. Good? Yeah, she's like. On CBS is, Sunday morning. Yes, she said there is just something so incredible about being this age and realizing fully who you are and what you are and not apologizing for it anymore, not feeling like you have to apologize. But that was also Sharon Stone's message too. Yeah, it, and it was great. Mm-hmm. Hey, it is 1123. Are you hungry? If you are, may I suggest Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery. It's a locally owned restaurant inside the West County Phillips 66 station at Clayton Road and 141. Years ago, the owners, Rick and Carol Gross, decided to turn the service bays into a fast, casual restaurant so you can stop in and have a meal of delicious pulled pork, chicken, or brisket. 
The newest uh, menu item is a sirloin steak wrap with Swiss cheese and sriracha sauce, one side for $12.99. The desserts are fantastic. You can even stop into the convenience store and just pick up an individually packaged dessert to go, or you can call ahead and order your entire meal, 636-227-1208. If you don't feel like stopping in, they will bring it out to your car. But if you go to 3baybbqandbakery.com, you can take a look at the entire menu. You can sign up for the rewards program and get a few dollars off of already affordable, delicious home-cooked food. Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery, locally owned restaurant inside the West County Phillips 66 station at Clayton Road in 141. If you stop in, you'll see the happy staff. You may see Rick or Carol. Please tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you. And and I actually received a I received a text from the man that I cohabitate with. Um, he said that he saw Jelly Roll testifying before Congress about the fentanyl. Interesting. And he said he was unbelievably impressive. Wow. Really impressive. I'd like to see that too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's just one of those great days when uh, and maybe it's because of the fog. <laughs> I don't know that uh, we're we're learning all about these things that we need to look into. Last night we watched Past Lives, which has been nominated for Best Picture in the Oscars. And I believe it's streaming on Netflix. A lot of the movies nominated are not yet available, Mm -hmm. unless you rent or buy. But it's a really uh, kind of slow-moving, wistful, thought-provoking movie about two childhood friends who connect a couple of times in their adulthood and wonder what if. Is it subtitled? Yes. Okay. Um, and South this, Korean. And the right. actor, the lead actress, Greta Lee. I've seen her. Where, where, where on was she? The Morning Show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. And of she course. said it's the first time she's done a movie speaking Korean. Wow. Uh, it's really interesting. It's different. I, you know, I'm surprised. There's a lot of that this year, isn't there? 84126? Yeah. It's quiet. It's slow in places. And I did notice this. With Yellowstone, too. There are times where you feel like you're watching a music video. You know, long periods of time. What it seemed like it as a moviegoer to me. Mm-hmm. Where it's music over video and different scenes and seem kind of drawn out. But it's a really beautiful little movie. It's it's interesting. I was also, I'm sorry to be dwelling on the CBS Sunday morning, but that is such a, that's such a rich resource for all of us, you know, when it comes to things to read or or see or watch or what have you. But watching the interview between Emma Stone and the director, the, the Greek director of, why am I blanking? Because of well, I missed me. this one too because we 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 let long periods of time go by where we forget to watch it. I just haven't. But do you record them? No, we oh, go to yeah. YouTube TV and see. We record and check them that all. Way. It's like I mean, I hate to think of how many we have. <laughs> um, what is his name? Yorgos. Yorgos Lanthimos. Okay, and the um, poor poor things was poor the movie things. from this past year. Poor oh. things, past lives. A lot of this these... is what Lynn Venhouse did not like. Okay. I I am intrigued 
enough to watch it. I don't I, really like his movies. Okay. They're very strange. Okay. It was nominated for Best Picture. Yes. Poor Things. But I have to disagree okay. with the, their nomination. So, but the, what was the name of the movie with Emma Stone and, and Rachel Weiss and Olivia Coleman? Because he apparently, um, he he bought the the screenplay or the rights to do Poor Things, and the studio said, no, too weird. And then he had to do the favorite, thank you, Connor, he had to, so he he chose to direct the favorite, um, which was a costume period drama, which was a huge success, critical success. I think I don't know if it was a box office. I don't know if it was a commercial success, but critically, I think it was a pretty huge success. But so after he did the favorite, the studios said, "Hey, what do you want to do?" And he came back to poor things, and so I don't know. I was just intrigued enough to watch it. Oh, what did you think of? Poor oh no, things? no, no! I haven't watched it yet. Oh, I'm just okay. I I want to watch it because to this point I've been hearing the weird stuff and thinking, eh, you know, um, Lynn Venhouse is adamant about how she found it disgusting. Yeah, I I that's why I think I I ha- almost have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah, the Zone did, of Interest is another one that has been nominated for Best Picture, and I just. Don't know if I can handle it. I saw a still photograph, um, or it was maybe, no, it couldn't have been still because the train, there was a train. Mm -hmm. You see a backyard where children are playing, and you see the train that is on its way to Auschwitz. Auschwitz. And so the children, you know, the, 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 it's just, it's, it just takes your breath away. You know, when you see that and but I'm like you, I, I, I don't do very well with Holocaust um, movies. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, Anatomy of a Fall. Have you seen that, Connor? I have not, but I've heard it's good. Mm-hmm. Is that, was, that Poland? As well. was that Poland's International? That might have been. I, I don't know if it was Poland or um, Netherlands or one of I think it won one of the awards, maybe a Critics' Choice Award. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Fourth feature by a 45-year-old French novelist. And I I think a husband dies and the woman is the main suspect. Suspect. Right. I believe it's in French, so if you if you're still oh. taking lessons, uh, you can you can what test you know? it, test it out, see how much you can Have you seen Killers of the Flower up. Moon? I have. And now Lynn said that was just so violent that she didn't she could like it, hardly... which is very surprising cuz it's very good. Okay. The book is good too, but I haven't been able to get through it because it is violent and dark. Oppenheimer, I want to see. Have you two seen it? No, we are definitely. That is on the list of things that my boyfriend and I are going to watch. Poor things. The zone of interest. This is, I guess, I, I guess when the Academy Awards come out is when people at work start talking about. Hey, have you seen? Right, because, because that's when I I wait till the awards come out, and then I know I want to see those movies. Suddenly, Chris, um, suddenly Chris said yesterday. He said I was on a conference call, and a bunch of people were talking about Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. and he said so. He said, and the people who were talking about it have opinions that I respect. So and he said I'm I'm okay with watching it because it is an investment. Mm-hmm. You know, three mm-hmm. and a half, uh, three hours. Yeah, it's, three hours it's, plus. it's over three hours. Yeah. yeah. So I mean. It's one thing if it's a football game or a baseball game, <laughs> right. 
But movies about <laughs> atomic bombs—that's something. Well, you else. didn't you didn't want to watch it when it was in theaters. I didn't want to watch your, it. That it's was your too opinion. Long. Yes, that was my opinion, and I now I am wrong. Now I am okay. wrong. I am going to watch it. Hey, did you read the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving Up? No. Because it talks about the power of saying, I am wrong. Oh, I love saying I'm wrong. I love saying I'm wrong. I swear to you, when the kids were little, I would say it all the time. Because I think it's important for them to hear their parents admit they're wrong. There you go. Park Provence is part of the Gatesworth communities, and it's located in uh, Creve Corps near Olive and I-270. You know, finding the right memory care community is a daunting task. How do you choose the right provider for your loved one? You are very lucky if you live here in St. Louis because Park Provence, part of the Gatesworth communities, is locally owned. Yes, they are. And they are led by an experienced team of medically trained professionals. Uh, And that is so important, as Jennifer and I can tell you with our own parents. Park Provence maintains a total of 200 employees therapists, social workers, nurses, and other disciplines on site. They have the highest staff-to-resident ratio in the industry, and if you don't know how important that is, you certainly will. Park Provence's person-centered dementia program has earned awards nationwide. They care for people with dementia and Alzheimer's, and they are really, really good at keeping those people connected with life, with the other residents living there, with what their life was all about. They have art therapy and music therapy programs that kind of meet the person where they are and make the most out of their day-to-day living. There's a reason why Park Provence is a BBB accredited business with an A-plus rating and has also been recognized by U.S. News and World Report as a 2023-2024 Best Memory Care Community. The households at Park Provence are made up of people with similar abilities and care requirements. And the research shows that this kind of model fosters better care and stronger friendships. Park Provence offers the security of a consistent routine, but they really encourage residents to be physically and mentally active. So call Andrew or Michaela at 314-542-2500 to learn more or to schedule a tour. They are so helpful and so accessible. Tell them that Jennifer and Wendy sent you and you will receive a special offer. If you're three months away from your 65th birthday or you're thinking about retirement, you need Ryan Raphael. He's the owner of Senior Insurance Benefits. We just call him the Medicare man because he specializes in Medicare plans in Missouri, Illinois, Georgia, Tennessee, and Iowa. It's really worth your while to meet with the Medicare man because this is what he'll do. He'll compare the health insurance plans you were entitled to through Medicare to the health insurance plan that you're getting at work. So even if you are continuing to work, it would behoove you to meet with Ryan Raphael and see which health insurance plan is better for you. You'll have questions. What are supplements, advantage plans, Part D prescription? Ryan puts it all out there in easy-to-understand terms. Take about an hour of your time. It can be confusing. And right before you turn 65, you'll just be bombarded with pamphlets and phone calls. And if you watch commercials on TV, there is some information that is misleading. So if you have any Medicare questions, the Medicare man is the man to call. 314-368-6808. That's Ryan Raphael. He'll explain things in simple terms. You'll understand all of your options. 314-368-6808. Or visit him online, medicaremanstl.com. 
Jelly Roll also? It's Jelly Roll. Oh, I'm yeah. loving it. I'm going to go jelly home and roll. listen to more. Mark will love. He probably already he, knows. Yeah, he probably. Oh, guarantee it. Yeah. I guarantee it. He's already familiar. Yeah, you and I live in a bubble. We're high above the Earth's <laughs> atmosphere. <laughs> From the 314, have you seen Saltburn? I have not. I did. I watched half of it and could not um, watch anymore because I felt like I was watching... Uh, 90210 naked. It was just like, it, it just, and and I've I've said this before. You have a certain, I think you have a certain window for some material mm-hmm. that you know once you get to, and I don't know if it's because I'm a grandmother. I have no idea, but it's like a, it's like younger people having sex and and graphic like it's it's. I'm just not. I'm mm-hmm. just not there anymore. Um, uh, from the two one seven Oppenheimer will be Oppenheimer will be streaming on Peacock February the fourteenth. Uh, somebody else said a very good book, The Little Liar by Mitch Album, fiction but realistic. You he's the guy who so wrote Tuesdays with Mari, right? And he's a form. I don't know if he's still a sports writer, Mitch Album, but he was at one time. Didn't I want to say somebody did a follow up with him? Um, the Tuesdays with Mari. Wasn't that sort of like uh, winning a lottery ticket? I mean, I well, think he's... I, I don't know if he was an Oprah choice. Oh, that's a great question. I don't know, but I I just remember the book for some reason got some criticism, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. And and back to the Saltburn question, I have heard... I There was one person on Facebook, a man my age, who, who, thought, it was, who thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give the man's name, but... Um, I, I I just I think it's one of those where it's it's up or down. People love it or mm-hmm. they don't love it. And um, we also started watching Ladder Milk, which is a series, one. a comedy. Yeah, yeah. I and can't remember the name of the main actor. He's just the guy who broke up with Carrie on Sex in the City on a post by post it note. Right. So I see this actor, and I'm like, ah, I don't like you. Yeah, we don't like you. <laughs> But it's a comedy series, and I felt like it was the white male version of Sex in the City. Oh, uh, Mitch Album also wrote The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Yes. That was his follow-up to Tuesdays with Maury. Was that the one at the end? I came in on the end of a movie, and I thought it was The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Where 2004. Basically- it was a television movie. John Voight, Ellen Burstein, Michael Imperial. You know, Imperioli, 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 right, and Jeff Daniels, and wasn't it like if the last line was essentially there's one human story? It's like we all have, and that's the that you know that you and I have talked about that. That's it's the beauty of reaching a certain level of mm-hmm. the climb, you know, of the mountaintop where you realize we are all so alike. You know, you spend your entire life thinking. Oh my goodness! I'm a total freak. I'm a freak in this way, or I'm a freak in that way, or my family's then, freaky. Right? And then, then you, you find realize, out. Wait, it's a universal it's experience. It's a universal experience. <laughs> um, from the three one four, I am. I watched Saltburn over the weekend. I am glad that I watched all of it because yes, it was uncomfortable. However, I felt that it was a very interesting look 
at a sociopath. Oh. Now, Connor had a fantastic insight to and compared it to an earlier movie from the 80s that was directed, I believe, by Anthony Marangella. Did, did, is he the one that directed? Uh, I'm not sure. I got to look it up. Okay. Uh, but you watched Saltburn? I, I did. I didn't like it. Um, but you compared it to? Oh, now I can't remember exactly. Mr. Ripley fan. Uh, the talented, talented Mr. Mr. Ripley. Mr. Ripley. And Brilliant yes. comparison. So you didn't like The Talented Mr. Ripley? No, I did. That's oh. a good movie. It is a Salt good movie. Saltburn I did not find very okay. good. Okay. I, I love the Mr. Ripley books, and I, I like the movie, too. Yeah, the movie, I think, was... Wasn't it nom? I think it was nominated for uh, several Academy Awards. Ron Livingston, thank yes. you, Texter from the Six One Eight, is the actor who is playing in Louder Milk, and it, it's not fair to him. But I just I, I look at that actor and I can't think of him in any other role besides the Breaking guy who broke up with Carrie by heart on note. a post-it. Um, somebody mentioned, and one of the texters mentioned uh, Jeff Daniels. Um, or maybe it was you, Jennifer, when we were just talking about the cast of uh, one of these movies. It was funny to see Jeff Daniels and Bob Seger on the sidelines at the Detroit Lions game. Did you see that? Yeah, I didn't realize he was like a big Lions fan. I think they're just happy Detroit. I guess they were just happy to be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, was there ever, was it ever like proven true or false whether or not the Buffalo Bills turned off the hot water. Oh, I don't know. I, I heard that story. I don't know if it was true What's or not. What story? Tell. The, the that st- they turned off the hot water in the opposing locker room so that they wouldn't. I, After I don't know. the game. After the game. So they wouldn't stick around. I thought, mm. I thought that that, to me, they're so quick to fine teams for this, that, or the other. I would hope that that would be a finable offense. And I can't imagine the Buffalo Bills organization doing anything like that. Do- well, I don't know. Uh, you know, Max Foise's Dolphins, like, set the stadium up so that the opposing sideline is gets direct sunlight. So, you know, Miami in September, they're, mm. you know, 30 degrees warmer on their sideline Well, that's than on the home sideline. It's not very sporting. Well, no, you know, it isn't. It's, you know. From the 618, Jennifer, you need to see Band of Brothers. Ron Livingston is one of the main characters, and my wife is still in love with him from that movie. She's still shaking her head. Can't see it, but I hear you. I hear you. Um, How much violence is in Saltburn? It's not even... it's not. It's not violence. He's violent. He's he's just a... Sociopath. Sociopath. And you don't... I mean, I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Well, we were talking about uh, True Detective season one, which we just finished. Season four is on now. It drops once a week, and it's starring Jodie Foster. I wish it dropped every night. I'd be so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, we probably shouldn't have started watching season four right after season one because season one with Matthew McConaughey is depleting. Woody, oh, Woody Harrelson <laughs> is just fantastic. Although in the finale, there was a little too much violence for me. Oh, but I was. still like the series. It was oh. just, I, you know what's coming. So, you know, you can avert your eyes, which I always do, and say, really? We, did we need this? We, yeah. What, how about the Alfred Hitchcock way, where the violence is always off screen? And that's what they did until the very end, which I think is uh, why yes. it's so jarring. Yes. Um, can I say, you guys think of Ron Livingston from Sex and the City and not from Office Space, the movie 
Never that he saw, starred never in. Saw Office You've never Space. seen that? Mm-mm. That's how much we oh don't like him. God. Burger was but just But Office terrib- Space was first, right? Burger yeah, was. But we missed it, and yeah. we watched Sex in <laughs> yeah. the City. That's where devotees. Yeah. Those people are, those people <laughs> oh are almost God. like, I know, I know. But you have to think in terms of, you know, whatever is a formative series for young men, and if if a woman does wrong by you know in terms of like a man by a man then you're gonna have you're gonna have feelings and he was I mean I have never met anyone not one person who watched Sex in the City who said oh my gosh I just love Burger right. not one <laughs> no. person he it's seemed like, like a bad choice from the from beginning. the beginning yeah we can't agree women generally cannot agree on much if you put a, bu- a bunch of us in a room. But we all agree on Burger. So many texters are saying this movie, Band of Brothers, was fantastic. Uh, so it's a series. It's on HBO. Oh, was that the was Tom early, Hanks? Like, yeah, it was the Tom Hanks okay. produced. Um, it's 15, 20 years old now. Is it about police? No, it is a World War II, uh, you know, paratrooper. I think it, uh, is it series. like is it like Normandy or? Yes, okay. I'm going to say, even though I don't really remember. And is this true? Scott Bowman had the visitor's locker room freshly painted with oil-based paint in Detroit in 1994. Isn't Scotty Bowman with hockey? He was a Detroit, he was the Detroit Red Wings coach and didn't isn't that where they throw the squid? Yes. Like the octopi or whatever out on the mm-hmm. the ice. Um and that would give you an oil-based paint would give you a headache, wouldn't it? Or like, I well, mean, I that's, think I think that's what they're saying. Right. Was yeah, that, that he was, was the, trying to the gamesmanship to get them off their off their peak. Wow. And, I, and here I thought everybody was nice, like Bernie Federko and Jacques mm, Demers. I can't mm, imagine. Mm. No. And I've always, you know, I always, I do admire the way at the end of a football game, they're trying to knock each other's blocks off. I mean, but they will hug and I guess not necessarily everybody. They don't have a group hug, but. I, I think that is really healthy where there it's like you've got. But the is field that what ba- they're doing? Because once when I was watching the Stanley Cup playoffs and there were two players skating during the game and they were chattering and I was at the gym in the morning and said when I was surrounded with all these guys, I think it's so nice that they're actually talking to one another. And they're like, do you know what they're trash talking? Do you know what they're saying? And then they told me what they're saying had to do with I did something with your wife, you know, that nothing we could say on the air. And I'm like, you're kidding me. They're like, that's what they do during the game. But not after the game. That's what I mean, During the game, they're doing it. Well, I think it depends. After the game. You're joking. Like, they're embracing and a guy is whispering in another guy's ear. I'm saying I think it depends on how genuine the embrace, the, you know, the handshake is. You know, it can be a... All right, all right. And then Wendy, you move we, on. We don't know. It's not we exactly like they're all, I don't. you know, a lot of them are, you know, they I, leave it on the field. But some of them I don't think do. I did think it was interesting that Jennifer and I both said that we knew instinctively that something was going to happen between two characters on True Detective Season 1. If you haven't watched it, we will be quiet. Connor did not see it. Mark did not see it coming. Mark did not see it coming. Chris did not see it coming. Um, oh. And we'll just leave it there. From the 314, LOL. Jennifer, you thinking Jacques Demers was such a nice guy. He used to throw pennies on the ice in front of opposing players. Sorry, we need to check our sources here. Who are you? How do you know this? Oh, somebody else said it too. Two other other people, I think. (laughs) 
Uh-oh. have said it. And from the 314, the men's visitor's locker room at Iowa is deliberately painted pink to humiliate their opponents. What? I am shocked. 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 Shocked, shocked about Jacques. Shocked about Jacques Demers. Um, and you know what? Frankly, Iowa... If pink is humiliating, I, I wonder what all of the women who donate to Iowa would think about pink being humiliating. That's yeah, our signature I, color. I don't think it's – maybe that was true once. Yeah. But pink is now uh, – I've got to try to find – I have to stay in my ignoramus bubble. I, I, yeah. <laughs> my we, Pollyanna we bubble. We always get in trouble when we try to poke the bubble, you know? I mean – um, and I'm I'm dying to find the uh, the little meme that Lynn Venhouse sent yesterday with the the Academy Award nominations. Did everybody know this about Jacques Demers and the pennies on the ice, except for me? I think they're just competitive. These are competitive athletes, Chris. Whenever I'll say something like, "He did," didn't they see what he did? Chris just kind of looks at me like, "Oh." You mm. poor thing. You mm-hmm. just don't get it. See, this is why I don't pay too much attention when football's on in our home. I'm in the room sometimes. If Mark says, come here, I want you to talk to Connor about this, or Joe Holloman will make right. consoling, pay right. attention here. Yeah. Um, in the NFL Eagle Stadium, you can be arrested, charged, and serve your sentence in the stadium. I don't understand. Hello? Connor? Clarification from the youth I desk. don't know. I know these stadiums sometimes have, like, little jails for what for like to like hold maybe rowdy fans or like jason uh, kelsey yeah <laughs> like yeah sure. or, like, or like if huh? no i think i think they mean um like for fans like if you run under this if you run under the field i think you get brought down in like a brig on a ship i guess hmm. i don't think it's a real jail i, I had no idea I'm, I'm so lost jennifer take the rose colored glasses off today hmm. No, I never. I think life is Don't better. T- I like I like it with them on. I like Ingrid, it with them on. I agree. There are also notorious stories about the Denver Broncos rubbing Vaseline on their arms, making it tough for the defense at all. But uh, to hold on to them, but defense. But what about like pine tar? What's the difference between like rubbing Vaseline all over yourself and is that why they have that black stuff on their arms? Pine tar. Well, well pine tar is sticky. Pine tar is right, but that's. Ba- oh, and that's baseball. baseball. Yeah. So well, to, to grip the bat. That's, okay. That's well, the this idea. is so you can't grip us. Yeah. And so why was- don't the sideline reporters talk about all this stuff that our texters are telling us now? Because all of their viewers are smart enough, I guess, to, to know. know you and I are in the bubble. <laughs> We're in the trouble bubble. Oops. <laughs> that's why it's so much fun to watch games with us, Mark, Chris. We're sorry. Thank you for joining us, John Carney, Julie Buck. Up next, everyone. Mwah. Just to have a laugh or sing a song Seems we just get started And before you know it